1: The pitching got it done for the Reds over the weekend. And if this trend continues, we're going to tell you why the Reds are going to take that big step forward on today's Locked On Reds.
0: You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: You are locked on reds thanks for making locked on reds your first listen of the day we are part of the locked on podcast network and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms i'm your host steven offenbaker actually in real life alongside jeff carr yeah and we are diehard baseball fans we have a passion for the cincinnati reds we have taken our love of the game our passion for baseball And we have turned that passion into information for you. On today's show, we are going to take a look at the Reds pitching, both the starters and the bullpen. We're going to look at some of the uh, surprises and uh, both pleasant and not pleasant surprises as far as the lineup goes (laughs) uh, in our second segment. And then we're going to wrap it up talking about uh, a little bit of the ballpark experience that I've been having this weekend and how it relates to baseball's new timing rules but probably the place to start today Jeff is with this pitching
1: staff yep yeah the the pitching staff has just absolutely been on fire and Graham Ashcraft was the best example of it on Sunday beautiful stuff and when you talk about him when you talk about the way that Nicoladolo pitched on Saturday uh, just the way that all of that goes this is why optimism with this team begins with the big three and i know hunter green didn't have that great a start on opening day because they didn't let him pitch very long but overall if they get two out of three good starts from these three guys every time out you, you'll you'll take that to the bank every single day
2: absolutely and let's be clear bad hunter green on opening day struck out eight guys in three <laughs> right. innings i mean we're not talking about a guy that got shelled right i, I think I he think, the reds, too many pitches. Correct. I think the reds missed an opportunity to let him power through. And it might've been a little bit of a different conversation if he had been allowed to finish that last inning that he was in, but then, you know, Nicodolo, uh, in his first start of the season, uh, even though the reds won that game, you know, he didn't look a hundred percent dialed in all of the time throughout that game. There were, right. there were a couple moments in that game where he seemed to falter a little bit and was able to rein it back in. Uh, and then inter Graham Ashcraft who, uh, once again, wants to remind everybody uh, that he pitches for this team as well. You <laughs> yeah. know, he, we, we've talked about him almost always as like the third guy, almost right. always as the, well, it's Hunter and Nicodolo, and oh yeah, Graham Ashcraft—he's pretty good too. And, <laughs> exactly. and and Graham Ashcraft would like a word. First Reds pitcher uh, to go seven innings this season. Uh, I think it took thirty to forty games last year before any of the Red starters got this deep into a ball game. Uh, he managed his pitches effectively. Uh, he didn't waste yes. a lot of pitches, uh, so you could tell early on that as long as he stayed dialed in, he was gonna go deep in the game, which you know then doesn't expose the bullpen as much. Uh, and then when you do get to the bullpen, they've actually performed. Pretty well as uh, on top of the starters.
1: Yeah, uh, when you look at what they had done, especially on Sunday, as opposed to where they were at on Opening Day, they were super efficient. Like I, I was looking at the pitch counts for everybody, even Graham Ashcraft over seven innings only threw ninety-five pitches, and that's where you know they, they, where David Bell was treating Hunter Green with kid gloves because he threw eighty-three. And he didn't even get through, you know, seven outs, so that was kind of a, a, a bit of a bummer from that standpoint. But when you look at Graham Ashcraft's outing and then Alex Young, Derek Law, and Alexis Diaz, the way that those dudes pitched was phenomenal. And you know, Steve, I, d- I did some looking because this is why I'm on this show, this is why I talk about Reds baseball because I love the math, right? I do the numbers, I d- calculate and No, but for some reason, my mind (laughs) went here today. Um, When I look at this, if you get two out of three good starts from Hunter Green, Nicolodolo, and Graymax, so
2: to clarify what you're saying there, yes, in that series of three, or are you talking about their individual starts? If if their individual starts, or does it matter how? how I think in the
1: series of three, if we're in the series of three, so
2: one trip through the rotation, those three guys, yes,
1: okay. As we turn over the rotation each time, and these guys are healthy. But if you get two out of three good starts from these guys each time out, that's going to be a little bit over 90. That's like 97 games that you're talking about from these three starters, assuming that they're healthy all year, which Mm -hmm. that's also kind of a, a little bit of an if. But if they're healthy and we get two out of three good starts every time and the Reds are able to support them, you're talking about 62 wins. Now, I know, I know, you're like, oh my gosh, that is like a thousand what ifs, and I'm not even really sure how your mind connected all of these dots. Well, number one, I am an optimist, so that's where this all stemmed from, but think about this, two out of three starts from these guys is not that far-fetched, they're they're going to struggle but they're also going to pitch very well, like what Graham Ashcraft did on Sunday.
2: And and what I'm hearing is the Reds only have to win four games that are started by Luis Cesar Connor Overton, <laughs> for me to hit on my over, baby.
1: Exactly. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, exactly. And, and whoever else comes on, comes behind those guys when you're talking about Brandon Williamson or Levi Stout and, and all that good stuff. So yes, the, the, the point of, of this mental exercise that I had after the game was, there's not as much pressure on the four and five spots as we think there is. Like, I think we think these guys coming out every fifth day is just going to be so detrimental to this team. Fourth and fifth starters literally got to be successful, maybe 25 to 30% of the time for this team to hit their over. And if they're actually better than that, let's
2: just say 50% of the time. It could be where we've talked about them. Maybe not getting to the point of being in contention for that final wildcard spot but in conversation and relevant through September which I think would go a long way in helping to build the confidence of these young players would go a long way in helping this team to gel together and and would really set things up nicely for what we've been talking about all along which is an actual legitimate playoff run in 2024
1: and sure you know after three games this seems like a bit of a leap but I'm first place. What are you talking happy. about we're in first place? We're in first place. We're, in, we're in first place. And you know what? Another good reason why this team has w- played so well in, against the Pirates in that opening series was the bullpen. Shout out to the bullpen. Like I get it, Fernando Cruz on opening day didn't look all that great coming in in the fourth inning. But again, that's a little bit earlier than he expected to be in the game. That's a little bit earlier than David Bell wanted to go to the bullpen and they didn't blow up as bad as I think they probably could have. So when you put that all together, and a couple of stats that I I got from this, if you take out Fernando Cruz, the Reds have allowed no inherited runners to score. And I would like to remind you that when I
2: released my bullpen fernando cruz was not in it so i was right sorry and i, I think he's gonna bounce back i, 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 hope so. I do i do but you you talk about a couple of these guys first off it was nice to see alexis diaz trying out his uh, intro music yep, yep. down at great american cool. ballpark with the trumpets you know it's not quite his brother's intro but you know he's trying good on him uh, i want to talk about alex young for a second because yeah. if you look at his if you just look at the box score from yesterday's game at Great American Ballpark. It looks like he came in and struggled and was pretty ineffective. He only pitched a third of an inning and gave up a couple hits. I want to tell you that both of those hits were probably Homer scoring from the home scorer to not saddle (laughs) uh, the guys with errors because the first one that dropped between the trio of uh, Will Will Benson Benson. and India and Jason uh, Vossler, Vossler, it dropped between the three of them. And it should have been caught. It just it should have been caught. I think that was clearly a case of some guys that haven't played a whole lot of games together, don't have a good feel for each other yet. And nobody really took charge in that moment. I think that's what happened there. Then the little dinker to left field probably should have been caught, too. I mean, you know, Fraley was running a long way to get there, but I think it probably should have been caught as well. Uh, So scoring it as a hit. That one could have gone either way, but uh, Alex Young was not as bad as the
1: box score would seem to indicate.
2: No, and and then Derek Law, who you've been impressed
1: with, I've been very impressed with Derek Law so far. And I get it, it's only two appearances, but he's got four inherited runners or three inherited runners total in his two appearances, has kept them all on base, and and, kind of like you mentioned, the just crazy luck that the reds had in that situation with Alex young, he comes in to mop up for that. And what's he do? He mops up pirates. Don't score at all. And, And with the way that the bats were playing on Sunday, they absolutely needed the bullpen to be perfect. And Derek law was perfect in that instance. And I'm looking forward to seeing more from him because I felt like we didn't see that much from him last year. So for us to say one way that like, I think neither you or I were impressed with what we saw from Derek law in 2022, but if this continues, this is what we want in a bullpen. We want guys to come in, throw strikes and keep everybody on base. Yeah, I don't need everybody to be
2: Alexis Diaz. I mean, right. it would be No, look, it would be great if everybody was Alexis Diaz. But we don't need, you are talking We don't playoffs. need everybody to be that way. We right. need guys that can come in the middle innings and just not make things worse and yes. get you to the back end of the bullpen that can shut the other team down that's and that's what they're doing so far and you know if this is how they're going to pitch if this is what they're going to do the the reds can go a little bit farther than we may have initially thought uh when we projected them out for 2023
1: exactly and you know middle relief hold you just want them Mm -hmm. to get hold speaking of holds we're going to play a game of buy sell or hold come up here in just a minute because the lineup did just enough which is all they will ever need to do this year. Coming up, we'll talk about what we are buying from this lineup's performances, what we are selling, and what we're holding on to. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you about one of today's sponsors, and that is the Ultimate GM app. I'm really excited about our new sponsorship with these guys because I've been playing this game. It's a very addicting game. Whenever you download it on your phone, you don't need an internet connection, and you can set up your own franchise you literally control everything where you were talking about trading players signing players coaching staffs uh, ticket prices concession all this different stuff and you can take a team from the bottom to the top of the league now when it comes to my team did you get fired yet not yet <laughs> i think i might be skirting that line uh but not yet we're, we're getting there, but it's, it, it's fun because they give you these scenarios where you're, you're picking up a team that is just in, in shambles and you're trying to basically build it out of nothing. So it, it's a really challenging game. If you ever played uh, any other type of baseball game and you play like the dynasty mode or something, this is that mode. It's just on your phone and you can play it whenever you want to pick it up, set it down, play it as you need. Most of the time, I end up playing it too long. But anyway, it's the Ultimate Baseball GM app. Check it out at ProBaseballGM.com today or find it in the App Store or the Google Play Store. And if you're watching here on YouTube, right here, I almost pointed to it right the first time. The QR code, scan that and you can download it today. And in the game store, make sure you type the promo code locked on to get a 100% free boost to your franchise. That's ProBaseballGM.com. Ultimate Baseball GM, start your dynasty today. Coming up tomorrow, actually, no, sorry. Coming up later today, today. Steve and I have a conversation coming up because we're going to tell you why the Cubs might be the most interesting team that the Reds play all year long. At least that's where I'm thinking about with this team because they're an interesting team. But let's get back to what the Reds did in this weekend, Steve, because the pitching was awesome and the hitting did exactly what it needed to do. And, and they were, you know, they were fun to watch too.
2: I've been at the ballpark this whole weekend and they, they look, they just, they look better than they looked last year. Even yeah. the guys that were here last year and have carried over, everybody looks a little looser. Everybody looks a little more comfortable. Uh, I think there really has been something to that whole uh, locker room chemistry conversation yeah. that we've had and that others have had because they really look like they're having a good time right now.
1: Well, and when you look at the two wins that the Reds had, and I know that we had some questions on opening day about a few things, but the two wins that they had on Saturday and Sunday were complete performances. Mm -hmm. You got what you needed from the bats, what you needed from the gloves and what you needed from the pitching. And it it all kind of started for me because I mean, when you're looking at how this team pitches, the lineup doesn't have to do a whole lot. And it starts with Jake Fraley. Jake Fraley has been absolutely phenomenal in these first three games and now i know that he um hit a home run he he's got he's one of the first guys he wasn't the first guy but he's one of the first guys to get the viking helmet and the mm-hmm. cape which we'll talk about that when well, he inspired
2: in a the viking yeah, and,
1: and he inspired it yes uh but rake fraley has been going off now it's only three games into this season and we saw a little bit last year but not a ton Based on what you've seen from Jake Fraley, are you buy, buying what you've seen? Are you selling what you're seeing? Are you holding and you're
2: going to wait? I, I think I'm buying on Jake Fraley. I liked that he was in the lineup against a left-hander today. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, I mean, and he wasn't absolutely destroying the ball, but, you know, he was able to put it in play. He's able to move runners over a couple of times. Yep. Uh, so I'm buying on him. I think that, you know, I've talked about this in the offseason and, and last season when it came up, Jeff. Uh, he's been very open about, that minor league rehab stint that he did in Louisville and taking the time to not only get his body right, but get his mind right. And he came back from that a different dude. And I think that that's who he still is. He is still that guy that's kind of locked in and comfortable with himself and comfortable in his skin. And I think that's translating into this performance that we're seeing. And I think that's going to continue and he's going to just
1: get better. I know that we – We're we're guilty of saying this, and I've seen plenty of folks talking about this on Twitter. If I'm Jake Fraley and I'm hearing all of this stuff about, yeah, he he looks like a fine fourth outfielder on a good team, that motivates me. That's something that gets me fired up, and I'm with you. I'm kind of buying this from Jake Fraley. I I definitely want to see more from him against left-handed pitching because what we know of his career so far, he's not very good against lefties. But if they continue to give him these opportunities, which on a team that's carrying three catchers and it's going to ask a lot more of its outfielders that hit from the left side of the plate, I, I think we're going to see that. And, and he's got the power, he's got the speed, he can field, he can throw. I, I think that there is enough there to keep me interested and definitely want to see him play every day, if not almost every day. Now, something else happened yesterday. In that we had a power surge from a guy who doesn't have a lot of power, at least not in his career profile. And that is TJ Friedel. TJ Friedel is an interesting on-base guy. He can put them where they ain't. We talked about the bunt mm-hmm. off air, that that crazy chip shot that had the backspin Just and died. It and was looked, beautiful. I mean, that's the closest to the pen shot, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's it was going exactly to, what it was. He's gonna win that competition with that bunt. But uh, when it comes to TJ Friedel and the power. Are you going to buy, sell, or hold? You know, I think I'm in a holding pattern on TJ Friedel
2: right now because I'm not really sure who he is yet. I'm not sure if he's going to be a slap hitter kind of guy that will lay you down a bunt and speed up the line. I'm not sure if this power is something that is going to be a staying situation. I don't know. Uh, It was nice to see that lefty on lefty crime, by the way. He hit that home (laughs) run off a left-handed pitcher. So uh, I'm – cautiously optimistic with him but I think I'm still on hold he's gonna have to show me a little bit more for a longer period of time
1: for me to really be able to say if I'm all in on him or not I feel like I want to buy it but I'm gonna hold it because I'm I'm nowhere near selling it because there's something about TJ Friedel he's a guy that I don't necessarily know that we disregarded him this offseason but we kind of looked at him as a you know he might actually be on the bubble As opposed to being an everyday player. And now he's been playing, you know, all weekend long. And that's been nice to see. And he's not necessarily had the best of results so far, but he's had a couple of nice, you know, at bats and a couple of nice moments. But overall, I do want to continue to see more from him because he was not a prospect when he was called up. He was just kind of like, let's see what we can get out of him in the outfield. Maybe he'll give us something. Maybe not. If not, it's not going to really hurt us at this point. And he's just continuing to show a little something, something. And we've been, you know, shouted out by a couple of people in the comments section and on Twitter that he's actually not all that bad against left-handed pitching. So if we can continue to see this kind of thing, mm-hmm. we might be on to something. Uh, this, this next this next one hurts because I've already been I've already been approached about this, I think. Maybe accosted is the right word, but uh, <laughs> Will Benson Hasn't had the greatest start. I will definitely say that. I mean, he had a golden sombrero on opening day. He had Still two more over. strikeouts yesterday. So yeah, he's over. Is he not as good as I have been saying? By seller hold. You know, first off, I I'm
2: squarely in the hold campaign on him. Uh, I think he has all the tools to be really good. Yeah, and I, I he needs more time. Uh, it's a tremendous overreaction from anybody that says. I've seen enough. Yeah. Well, you've seen two games. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? I mean, in one of those games, Tyler Stevenson had the same performance as Will Benson. Exactly. So if you're going to drop Will Benson for that performance, well, then you got to send Tyler Stevenson packing as well. And I don't yep. think there's anybody in their right mind that wants to do that. So for me, we're definitely in a holding pattern on Will Benson. I will tell you, watching his at-bats pretty up close yesterday, uh, he looks to me like a gentleman that is pressing. He is trying really hard to turn it on, and that translates into the performance. He did sting a ball that – he I mean, it was launched hard, but it was right at a guy. You just got to hit it where they ain't, and and he hasn't quite got that down yet. The the hits will start falling. That's going to come and uh, he made good contact on that particular
1: pitch so
2: yeah I think I think it's way too early to push the panic button
1: it's definitely not fair to compare anybody to Joey Votto but I wanted to start it off by saying that because Joey Votto has never been a fast starter and Joey Votto has always been a good hitter and and one of the best that this franchise has ever seen so I feel like if you can be patient for Joey, you can be patient for Will Benson. And definitely two games is not enough to know anything about anyone, but when it comes to a guy like Will Benson, I agree about the pressing thing. And and it's probably partially our fault. We've we've gotten people really excited about this guy and and you know our, our friend Moeger over at ESPN 1530 is in the camp as well as of loving him and being really excited about him. So people have been hearing ever since the Reds got him that if he plays every day, he could get 40, 40, or 30, 30, or something like that. And so he's probably thinking, I got to do that right now. I got to do it today. And you're just not going to do that. So just start having a good day. Get a hit tomorrow. Get a couple hits. Maybe get a steal on Tuesday. You know, see what happens. But I firmly believe this guy's got all the talent in the world that he can actually come back and do. But this one this next one this is an obvious and, and, and before i even ask the question i'm gonna tell you my answer because buy seller hold the viking helmet and cape and i'm buying this all the way I'm, I'm i absolutely it love it i'm
2: buying it too listen from where i was sitting today i was looking directly down the row in the reds what? dugout right and they were having so much fun yeah it doesn't hurt anybody oh. it doesn't rile up the opposing team they don't care everybody in baseball is kind of doing something like this And at the end of the day, if it keeps the team loose, if it keeps them happy and it helps them relax, that's going to translate into a better performance. Now, if you're sitting at home and the Viking helmet and the Cape is just the last straw for you, (laughs) if if that's just the thing that pushes you over the top with this team, then I think you've got bigger problems than the Viking Cape. Uh, This is just something fun that doesn't impact the game. And listen, They're not asking anybody outside of the dugout to wear the Viking cape. You don't have to put it on to get into great American ballpark. So it's something fun for them. And let's just not outlaw fun all the time. (laughs) It's fun. They're having fun. It's a game.
1: It's fun. Just have fun. That's what it is. It's just fun. I I told this to you off the air and I firmly back this up. There's no empirical evidence to back this up. I didn't do any sort of mathematical research for this one but teams that do this kind of stuff are more successful across all sports. I, I I think of Miami, the university of Miami down in Florida, since, you know, we're up in Ohio, we have Miami, Ohio, but the hurricanes, they had the turnover chain and that mm-hmm. year that they started that, that team was just better. That team, there were people that were asking is the U back, which I don't think the U will ever be back because nobody will ever be as good as that was. But when you're also looking at, um, You know, I, I look at the Bearcats and you bang the drum whenever you score the touchdown the year that they went to the uh, college football playoff. um, Just different things like that. When you can zap somebody out of the game for a half a second and let them enjoy a moment, then I think that there's something to it. And, and I love this. I want them to continue it all year long. I want to be talking about and maybe maybe we'll start a statistical thing about. You know Viking helmets, which obviously is just home runs, but you know, just who puts it on the most? I I I would love to see that because that's amazing.
2: And you know, this is the equivalent of a touchdown celebration. This is what it is, and and nobody loses their mind over the touchdown celebration. So let's everybody kind of take a still getting everybody there on the back. I've seen some people super worked up on Twitter about the Viking helmet. Let's let's let the guys have a little bit of fun. But listen, Jeff, I got to live the high life. At Great American Ballpark yesterday. I want to tell you, I need a raise because I could get used to that kind of treatment. Uh, uh, Coming up, (laughs) I'm going to tell you all about my experience and why the new rules as far as timing in Major League Baseball uh, had an interesting effect on my overall ballpark experience this weekend down at Great American Ballpark. Uh, But before I get to that, I do want to take a minute to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast. That is Built Bar. Uh, We all know that we have favorite Built Bars. For Jeff, it's anything that ends in the word puff. For me, it's the churro and the cherry uh, barcia. Both of those are my Mm -hmm. favorites. I keep them stashed in my locker at work. And I can't tell you guys enough how good these things are. They have amazing statistics. They're jam-packed with protein. In most cases, about 17 grams of protein. They're covered in 100% real protein chocolate. Uh, they taste so good that you think you're kind of cheating on your diet that I am going back on the second I hit the ground in right. Hawaii because, oh man. And <laughs> these will help you accomplish your health goals because the they have only four grams of sugar. So if you're doing keto, you can eat these things. If you're just trying to get a good protein bar, you want to eat these things. If you're just looking for a snack, I yeah. mean, it doesn't have to be all health goal centered. You can just dig into a built bar because it's like eating a Candy bar. You're right. gonna feel like you just had something it's like this. It's gonna yeah, do it. Absolutely. So you can get built bars couple different ways. We've been telling you for years you can head to built.com and place your order that way. You can head over to Sam's Club and get 13 box bars over there, and you can head to Walmart and get the I think it's a 4 bar yeah, four, 4 bar, bar bars, variety yeah. pack over at the the Walmart. They're all kind of in the pharmacy area around the other health with foods. The other yeah, yeah. Like the protein yeah. powders and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Right. You can find them there. So, however you get your built bars, just make sure you go and get your built bars cuz you were going to thank me All right. Uh, You can follow uh, the show on all podcasting platforms, folks. If you haven't clicked subscribe yet, what are you waiting for? If you're on YouTube, click subscribe. Also click notification bell there because we occasionally just jump on randomly and go live. It'll let you know. We're posting a bonus episode later today. It'll let you know Uh, you'll never miss an episode in between shows. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow Jeff. He's at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three F's because I'll tell him to his face. Spelling has always been hard for him. You can follow me at S Offenbaker. That's with two F's and you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. There are no F's in that one at all. All right. Let's talk about living the high life a yeah. little bit, Jeff. I want to hear about this. I wandered into the diamond uh diamonds and I didn't want to no your sure turn. You I around, had yeah. tickets they, and they now let me tell you, you got to get through three checkpoints to get to that place. <laughs> so you got to ride the elevator the down. It's the same elevator that t- you take up for like the Boone County Press Club and okay. to the, the announcer's booths. Same elevator, but you go down. So you go not down seen this one, but and you yeah. get off the elevator and it's this swanky entrance with like all the ushers lined up outside. You got to scan your tickets again. So you got to show your tickets at the elevator. You got to show your tickets to get in. And then you got to wow. show your tickets when you get to the usher to get to your seat. Now, they replace the seats in the Diamond Club. They're not the big cushy chairs anymore. They're kind of think like a combination like beach slash pool kind of chair. They're mesh. Okay. But they are wider than the seats in the regular part of the ballpark. And they're comfortable. So get in there, walk into the Diamond Club. They've got this buffet of food all spread out everywhere. They've got a station over here that's doing steak and eggs for breakfast and, like, cooking the steak up in front of you and chopping it up and cooking it to order, basically. Tons and tons of food, open bar. (sighs) And this is all leading up to the first pitch. So you get in there, you pig out, get a couple of drinks, get there as soon as the gates open if you guys treat yourself to Diamond Seats. so. You get out there, you do all that, you grab a drink to go, head out to your seats. Get out to your seats. There's people that work your section. They take food orders from you throughout the game. They bring you drinks. You don't have nice. to move. And this was important because I want to relate this back to how the new timing rules right. impacted this experience. Now, as far as sitting there in the field, I mean, I, I could hear – you know, Tyler Stevenson talking to the umpire and I could hear, you know, when David Bell came out, talk to, to anybody? question, I, I really didn't. I was like kind of locked in, um, you know, waved at Tyler. I don't know if you recognize me or not because <laughs> there's tons of people around, but sure. But you know, it was, it was just so close and it was so good. And as I was saying in the last segment, you know, from my seat, if I just turned my head, I'm looking into the Reds dugout directly down the row where they're doing That's the home cool. run celebration. So it was really cool. Here's the impact for me though. I love the new timing rules. When I'm at home. Yeah. When I'm sitting on my couch and the commercial pops on, I can go grab a beer, I can go grab a drink. I can hit the bathroom, and be back, miss nothing. When you're in the ballpark though, if you want to go to the bathroom, if you want to go get something to eat, if you want to go get something to drink, you're gonna miss a half inning. Yeah. Or more, depending the on di- the lines. And
1: that's in the diamond seats where you're not dealing with everyone yeah, else on if the If you have
2: to go to the concourse, you're gonna miss an inning of play. And for these seats, for the diamond seats, you know, they're not cheap. I mean, I really kind of treated myself. You know, I, I don't mm-hmm. know if I'll ever buy a ticket in there again just because they cost so much. But, right. you know, for me, it's like that's the kind of experience I want to kind of draw out a little bit and enjoy sure. and, and, and hang out. And this game was over in two and a half hours. Bye. See you later. <laughs> you know, I, like I don't feel like I necessarily was able to get my money's worth. And, you know, I'm in Handlebar tonight. Yep. And I think it's going to kind of feel the same. I think that I'm going to feel rushed and enjoying my experience because of how fast the game goes by being able to partake
1: of the things that you want to partake of by buying those seats. That's why you Gosh. buy those seats, right? So, I was just thinking about, so I, I got the chance to sit in the handlebar a couple of years ago, and I was, made, I was late to the game because Swift. of a concert. Yes, it wasn't Taylor Swift. It was Carrie Underwood. I will never forgive her for it. She doesn't even know. Uh, but I was late to that game because of the concert. And we got there in like the fourth inning. So I felt like, all right, I got to get all the food on the buffet and mm-hmm. get going right away. I can't imagine what that would be like with the new rules. And, and I'm not saying, and, I, and I, I'm i not getting this from you either. I, mean, I, I don't think this is what you're saying. But we're not saying that we don't like the new rules because no. of that. It's just You almost have to prepare yourself for, all right, when I go to the ballpark, I got to have a little bit of a plan because if I wander onto the concourse, I'm going to miss some time in the game. Mm -hmm. It's just there's not going to be a situation where you don't miss something like I I miss Spencer Steer's home run on opening day because Mm -hmm. I went up onto the concourse to use the restroom and, and go grab another hot dog.
2: Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I think the Reds are already trying to make some adjustments. Uh, if you if you haven't heard or didn't notice, they did uh, open the gates sooner. They mm-hmm. are opening the gates in such a time now that you can see both teams batting practice. That's and just that's just their standard practice for this season. That's what they're going to do. I think part of that is to get people in the ballpark sooner and recover some of what they're going to lose. They're going to lose money. Basically, yeah, this yeah. this timing rule is going to cost them money. Because you're not going to be able to make as many trips to beverage, concessions, etc., as you were in the past. Sure. So uh, I think there's some adjustments. Maybe we're going to see a return of the guys working in the aisles and selling things. So you don't have to get I up really and leave to. your I don't seat. know what they're waiting for. So uh, the adjustments are going to have to be made. I'm interested to see how the Reds handle this. I think when uh, the first concessions report comes out and there's a dip because people just aren't wanting to miss the game that that will that will fuel them to make some changes and i I, for me the easiest fix is to put vendors back in the aisles and have them walking things around
1: well and that was something that i was thinking about too you know from the time standpoint the idea that on opening day when nobody could hit the strike zone or you know there's so many different three two counts with every other batter for both teams and that game still only went three hours because of the pitch clock i felt like without the pitch clock that's the kind of game that goes four hours mm-hmm. that's the kind of game where they're making hand over fist on concessions and which they almost i mean they ran out of a bunch of stuff anyway on opening day because there were so many people there but the idea that they can just continue with this shorter clock they're, they're gonna have to change things. so I, I like that um and i hope they bring back the guys in the aisle i i just
2: yeah, I think that's the quickest, easiest fix to this. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah. I think, and I'm interested for for what you all think. If you were out at the ballpark uh, for this first series, drop in the comments and share your experience with how you feel the timing rules impacted yeah. your experience. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's just me because I mean, everyone knows how you and I like to baseball at that ballpark, and and this impacts that a little bit. Like bit. if you if you're walking from A to B, you're gonna miss something. And yep. and I, I don't like to miss things when
1: I go to the ballpark. This does increase the value of the bow tie bar because if you could just turn around, grab a beer, and then turn right. I think mm, that's going to mm, be
2: an area that we're going to mm, have to fight our way into if, mm. if once the people figure out. That thing you just said. That's right. We need to
1: keep that we Never that. mind. We're we didn't down. say Never that. Mind. Yeah, we didn't nope, say we're going to edit that out. All right. <laughs> That's going to be where we end today's <laughs> podcast because we're giving up too much information. All right. Thank you all so much for watching. Thank you for listening to today's Locked On Reds. Uh, coming up tomorrow or coming up later today. I did it again. We're going to talk about why the Cubs are the most interesting team that the Reds will face this season and why you should be watching this series. Uh, but now check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball because Matt and Dom will help you win your league daily by giving you the best waiver wire pickups and the best kind of moves you can make to make your team the best in your league. That's Lockdown fantasy baseball, just like locked on reds. It's free and available on all platforms. All right, Steve, we're in first place after the first series of the season. Going to the World Series. This is going to continue. Uh, okay, maybe not. I, I don't want to jinx it, but hey, you know, as the season goes along, what can people expect from you We're and going me? To continue to minor, minor. We're going to continue to monitor
2: the minor <laughs> leagues. We're going to continue to watch for the rumors, the news, the transactions. We're going to report all of that information right here to keep you locked on Reds every single day.
0: Yeah. Hey, Prime members.